Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What the Sheep podcast, Reimagined Reborn. Welcome. <laughs> it is episode 89, and as you can see, we are we are new. We are fresh. The construction is finished. Uh, thank you to everyone who who uh, you know dealt with the uh, the you know the construction tape and everything from last episode. We're back. We are ready, and uh, I'm liking the new the new place. It's nice and cozy. Uh, we yeah. got a lot of books, a nice library. We got some crystals down in our, our corners here uh, to keep our projections, our webcams going. It's uh, it's great. It's nice and yeah, nice and cozy. Cozy tropics. It's wonderful, wonderful. Uh, thank you to everyone who's stopping by. Uh, today we are going to be discussing uh, last night's episode, uh, Critical Role Camping Theory episode 45, and all of the shenanigans that went down in that episode and boy was there a lot of uh shenanigans uh going across the spectrum of wow. very fun and hilarious to holy shit uh what do we get ourselves into um yeah. but i i think we'll start with the the funny side of the spectrum first as uh we finally got ashton back after Yay. some crazy stuff that they were involved with <laughs> I hope someone yeah. has put together like a timeline of events or has already been trying to piece together exactly what yeah. happened because I'm I'm having a hard time uh, following, but it's hilarious. Yeah. One, it's like an um like the the narrator or the person telling the story is exhausted and and unable to kind of like fully express what's happened themselves. But yeah, that was a wild adventure by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. And I I do like how and I think we discussed it a little bit yesterday, or maybe it might have been the Discord, but talking about how obviously the reason Ashen left was for a meta reason, oh, because yeah. Talison wasn't wasn't uh, at the table. So I didn't expect it to be a, a major reason why Ashton had wandered off, or like, you know, uh, a totally groundbreaking reason, if that makes sense. Like, mm. um, But I, I love what we got. I love this little side yeah. quest that Ashton went on. Um, and it's totally on brand too because it's you oh, know, yeah. Ashton's like, oh, I, I made eye contact with someone that I knew and I thought I'd better go check in with them. It's totally what Ashton would do and yeah. it's just the way it devolves from that point to then, mm -hmm. well, I started telling them more than I wanted to and yeah. I kind of got roped into this whole shakedown. It's yep. just like, oh, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was funny and we, we kind of talked about this before we went live, um, how it became like a reoccurring joke throughout the episode where every time we cut back to an Ashton scene and stuff, they were just talking, they were just giving more and more new developments about this, this heist, this job that they did, this one-off job yeah. and stuff. And you, you were, you were kind of mentioning how, uh, this would be great for like a little novel series, like a little graphic novel yeah. or, or something. Yeah. A graphic novel of this, this escapade would be, would be really fun yeah. because it also sounds really, exciting i got um yeah. zadash flashbacks to them doing the heist and breaking into the uh into the well-to-do's mansion um just the the like you know we went in to steal the ledger he doesn't have a ledger mm -hmm. he had a kenku so we yeah. kidnapped the kenku <laughs> and it's like then the kenku got away and yep. just it would be perfect for a short um mm -hmm. short graphic novel yeah I, I think there's definitely a lot of potential there for for something for their critical role team to do but definitely not Totally necessary, but I, I think it'd be pretty hilarious uh, if they ended up going that route. Um, but speaking of more some fun shenanigans, we got a little bit more uh, FCG stuff this episode um, with going to one of the many professors that we've been introduced to this, uh, this these past couple of episodes. And I've already forgotten what this professor's name was. Nitro Isham. I wrote it down. Isham. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. I wrote um, it down five minutes ago. <laughs> yes. There we have it. Um, a wonderfully delightful character. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about the accent. I just remembered. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, the, we've talked about it before, but the characterization, like how Matt goes full ham into oh, yeah. developing the characters and probably just a part of the physicality who needed to do that accent, yeah. but just the way he held that, that face, yeah. the, like the kind of the teeth, yeah, the, the, teeth, the, yeah. the, little, the <laughs> protruding jaw and everything. Um, wonderful, wonderful character. And I feel like mm -hmm. anytime Matt says, oh, it's a furball, it's just like, Oh yes. Yeah. Go on, speak, uh -huh. please. Keep speak going. so I may hear this voice. Yes. Um yep. uh 
And yeah, and they, they were, like, aside from just being wonderful sounding, they were a wonderful character as well. I like mm. whenever FCG meets someone who is like, oh, wow, you're incredible, and isn't, you know, that proddy kind of, oh, look at this robot. It's more, like, from a place of respect and a place of yeah. um, genuine, like, genuine recognition or, mm. or um, acknowledgement of what they are. Um, so that, that was really, it was a really cool introduction to this character. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And how do you how do you feel about the fact that uh, and we kind of knew this already, but this powerful arcane source that is within yeah. FCG. I mean, the the professor kind of touched on like, oh, yeah, this makes sense because you were a part of the care and the calling. You would have a more powerful mm. core that would be then yeah. activated, like to activate your assassin protocol and stuff. But the fact yeah. that it's it, it could also be like a nuclear bomb if Ye it, you know, goes off. Uh, <clears throat> I like it. It's a little, uh, it's a little unnerving. I like it. Oh, I like it yes. a lot. <laughs> I think it's very cool. Um, mm -hmm. I think it'll be the type of thing that, because FCG still, after this conversation, didn't seem 100% satisfied with the answer. Yeah. It's still very much like, well, why, what, why, still asking the questions, why do I exist? Like, what is my yeah. purpose if it's not for this? Or if I was built for something bad, mm -hmm how do I reconcile with that or how do yeah. I, I think FCG is looking to be kind of, you know, admonished for it in a way. It's mm -hmm. like, well, how do I, you know, reconcile with the fact yeah. I should be vilified for this. And I think it's going to be a big part of this character arc of, oh, yeah. you know, they're empathetic and they, they help other people. They've got to learn to help themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they're starting to get this sense. And I think they, uh, Vitro said something, I think what it was, it was, you know, FCG, you can like carve your own path. If you don't mm -hmm. remember that past, it's not your past. Like yeah. you can make your life whatever you want it to be, which again, FCG was still a bit unsure of that answer, not a hundred percent on board, but you know, starting to come around maybe to the idea of, you know, you're your own entity. You can do what you like. Yeah. Um, with this nuclear bomb inside yeah, with, the, with this with this bomb <laughs> that is within your chest you know it is interesting and it's interesting that sam is playing fcg very very well um because you know in in media and you know the idea of robots is when they are built they have robots. a set protocol they have a yes what they were programmed to do yeah. this is your job yeah. nothing else matters this is what you are meant to do they were meant yeah. to be an assassin like a, a secret assassin robot mm. um well well yeah but that that was um that was secondary also to the because we've got the name of them too correct we got the harmonious harmonious um, like a automaton automaton yeah. yes um so yes they, they they did have that as well so it's it's understandable that sam is playing fcg this way where they're still like unsatisfied with the answers mm. that they are given because it they're tr they're struggling with the fact that they are in control of what they do. Like, yeah. sure, they may have been initially programmed to do this, but they have free will in a sense. They, yeah. He is able to do what he wants, and that's an interesting thing for FCG to kind of wrap their minds around because it's... in their minds, things are binary. Like, th this is what I was programmed yeah. to do, so shouldn't this be what I do? So yeah. It's, it's, it's very and interesting. It's, it's that constant conversation of whether FCG has a soul and kind of what yeah. a soul means and... And how that dictates, you know, if something's alive or, or not, if they have a soul or if they don't have a soul, which is like kind of I really like how it's coming together with this sense of divinity, this campaign, yeah. like the divinity is almost called into question this campaign so far. Mm -hmm. We don't have any majorly divine players there is the big uh, threat of a god killer. We've got major NPC players that are very much against the divine and looking to subvert them. So this idea of, you know, what do we actually know of the divine? If we look at just campaign three and ignore any kind of meta understanding we have of previous campaigns, it's like, well, what, we, what do we know of the divine? What do mm. we know of souls in this world? It makes it really interesting for FCG to be like, well, I, I need, as you say, I need a purpose. I need mm -hmm. something to direct me, a prime directive. Um, and I keep thinking of FCG kind of like droids in Star Wars. Um, oh, yeah. Which is like yeah. really cool because I love the idea of, this is now a Star Wars podcast, but <laughs> I love the idea of how essentially the droids, they have a sentience, 
mm-hmm. um, not necessarily a soul, but they have a sentience and they have a capability to learn and create and understand and yeah. all this to the point where most, uh, you know, reasonable humans and life forms in the Star Wars universe accept them as sentient living mm-hmm. beings. Like they are their own yeah. being. And um, that's kind of how I see FCG in this world not the only one, but maybe the first that is being presented to the world as this automaton that is alive and sentient and capable of, you know, capable of creating things. I mean, it's, they want to bake and they want to, you know, create joy and have empathy. That is Mm -hmm. like something that is, you know, not necessarily robotic. That's quite, um, quite human, quite like living, living concept. So, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving the the way that this character is developing. I like how Sam is constantly pushing back against the support that FCG is getting because it's yeah. like it's not an easy fix. It's not a matter no, of someone just not, saying yeah. like, "Hey, you be who you want to be," and it's like, "Oh, great, I'm fixed." It's right, yeah. no, th- they're still going to kind of question what's happening to them, um, and especially in this state that they're in now, where it's you know red letter is about to go off. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I think FCG is probably one of the most interesting characters. Uh, at this point yeah there's a a lot of different layers to that and (laughs) i also like the running joke for this episode of everyone being like guys like fcg's having a rough day like calm down fcg it's okay it's okay everything's fine and then then even later it's like they're upset with ashton it's like everyone just be nice to ashton okay like oh we're sorry we're sorry (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah it was so good um but going off what you were saying how fcg is kind of among like a first generation of these uh, automatons that are exhibiting these different like emotions and stuff. We did get the professor saying that there have mm. been uh, records of other aormatons popping up yeah. recently. Uh, yeah. 100% obviously due to Devexian uh, being yeah, around again. Devexian. Um, yeah. So I'm I... looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're, yeah. we're, we will eventually get a meeting with Devexian as that, you know, yep. mm-hmm. lone trader. <laughs> Wearing a cowboy yeah. hat and duster. Yeah. No, <laughs> and and that'll be, I think that will be like a, either a turning point or just a, a like a, a, just a pinnacle point in FCG's personal story mm. arc coming across to Vexian um, to get that more relatable insight. Since obviously Devexian is also an automaton, there might be a, a reasonable conversation to have there about what does it mean to have emotion? What does it mean to make these choices? Uh, I think Devexian would be like the, either the the best or potentially the worst automaton to have a conversation like that because we don't really know where <laughs> yeah. the vexian stands no. with all of that no. stuff um we get they, it yeah. I, I was rereading about the like literally earlier today because i was reading about the creator hammer um from aeor what we only really have from the is they recognize the the hubris of the wizards and was um kind of called it their folly. So in a sense, the Vexian had a strong sense of like, you know, not so much what is right or wrong, but like what people did wrong. So I get the sense that, yeah, the Vexian is also of the same level of sentience and mm-hmm. their goal is going to be focusing primarily, primary, prim, yeah. primarily, primarily <laughs> focusing primarily on like uh, creatures like FCG. So yeah, only wanting to help them. Um, I wonder if they do meet up with Devexian and Devexian's like, you know, come with me. I can kind of help you work your way yeah. through this. If that's like FCG's like, all right, peace, I'm out for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's actually, now that you say that, um, it's interesting that it seems like a lot of different player characters have a potential for like a mentor-esque character mm. in their in their arc. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, the first couple that come to mind is Chetney and uh, Annaline. I can't remember what their, their name was back with the, the Gorgonye. Oh, yeah. Um, there's obviously, there's Imogen and her mother, or even Odahan, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, now we have, uh, well, there's Ashton, and you could also argue uh, Annaline from the Gorgonye, since they yeah. kind of had that moment and stuff. Um, and now Lord FCG nah. with potentially, potentially uh, Vexian, Vexian, Laudna. Uh, who is Delilah? Delilah. Oh well, yeah. Could be Delilah. Um, just, just, just interesting. Uh, you know, parallels yeah. with with a few different characters. Um, but I, I'm definitely excited for whenever we get to see Devexian. 
Um, but another nice mm. little advancement for FCG was a, a little oven, creating a little oven. Uh, so good. This is so good. <laughs> so good. Fully leaning into wanting to be a, a chef. Super. I adorable. thought it was going in such a different direction when <laughs> Sam started to invent, you know, a little pocket at the front. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking yeah. about? Yeah. And an easy bake oven is, is mm. adorable. Um, yeah, no, that's I, I, really cool. <laughs> I, I like I like that you said that where it's like, where are you going with this? And, and of course, like, it's with Sam because you never really know what they're going to do. And so, like, as he was describing, like, okay, using the heat, okay, where are you yep. going with this? Put a little hole, okay, what are, what's going on here? And then, oh, okay, please, it's please, okay. Please explain. Yeah, please explain. Please, okay, please oh, thank explain. God. Yeah. Uh, no, no it's, it's, it's cute. Yeah. And that's why I can guarantee that will come in handy not just from a cooking standpoint there's going to be some mechanical aspect to this to this furnace inside fcg yeah. that um will be utilized at some point yep and, and i love how how matt is just is just you know as the dm like yes 100 percent, let's do that i think that's gonna you know fit really mm -hmm. well with uh, what you know fcg is trying to do um so yeah i i love it and speaking on, we kind of touched on it briefly of like fully, uh, Matt fully like immersing, immersing themselves into the mannerisms of these different characters. Yes. Um, whether it be facial expressions or just mannerisms with it, with his hands and stuff. Um, it, it, it was funny switching between that professor and then Khadija and then also, uh, you know who later on when they entered the scene, this is mm, how Matt yes. is, we talk about it so many times too, where it's just like, Matt is just so easily able to slip into these different characters, fully embodying them with their own different motives, emotions, and and goals and stuff. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's, how does he? It's, how does he do it's, it? And especially to well, because we mentioned it with the seminary. There's just so many names being thrown around, yeah. and so many different kind of like npcs that we've got to keep track of. So it's been really good this last episode that we finally met them. We know who we're talking to they've all got unique personalities to the point where we can actually recognize them and and differentiate them um because i remember two episodes or three episodes where they're going like all right we need to meet these three people in the seminary i'm like they're all the same person to me yeah. that's one person they're talking yeah. about um so it's n nice now to know that we've got you know actual voices to the names i could probably still i could not tell you the names of the people that are working with playing Rider Rune. I've forgotten them. They're out of my brain. Oh, I know yeah. who they are. I just can't remember mm. their fucking names. Yeah. Um, but I do like, yeah, the ones that we met this week. Um, so Vitro in particular, just the accent and just yeah. the, the way they treat FCG. But yeah, this other one, um, whose name Khadija. I didn't write down. Khadija. Khadija I did write it down. I did. <laughs> Khadija Sumal. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Another very interesting character giving us a lot of... Uh stuff that we had kind of already known but also dropping a new a new uh term for us or a new uh entity oh yeah we people. got some good stuff from this person we did we did some it's like some answers if you will or more so just kind of expanding on stuff we had already known and just giving more yes like clarification yeah. definitely that i think the um the omen archive was a big mm. Was oh, a big yeah. kind mm -hmm. of draw. That's something that we've been like thinking about and have heard for a while. Um, the the confirmation that Otahan was essentially a subject of theirs, or Otahan was someone that you know they had worked with to an extent, mm -hmm. and the fact that she was their last subject, kind of yeah. you know, <laughs> makes sense. That's <laughs> she's quite yeah, final. Which, which also raises a lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. Because um, then we also got confirmation that I mean we already knew that uh, Liliana. Uh, Imogen's mother was a part of the research and stuff, but then eventually uh, parted ways and mm. potentially is now in league with Odahan. And yes, company. I was going to ask you about that, your theories on Liliana. So the Discord chat specifically last night was mm -hmm. giving some theories. Yeah. Um, but I want to know what you think. To what extent do you think Liliana is involved? I, okay, so this 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 also kind of goes into... Uh, Ludinus Delef eventually uh, making mm. an appearance, which was also a shocker there. Was not expecting to see Ludinus this early on. So that was a very mm -hmm. exciting, but also nerve-wracking reveal, which we can obviously dive into. Um, 
but I I fully think that Liliana is involved with the machinations uh, that Ludinus is is working on. Mm. Um, just purely because of the way that Ludinus respected Liliana and mm. then also respected Imogen. Just the way he was yeah. talking to them, the way he spoke of Liliana with like reverence and stuff, and that and that and then that kind of echoed towards Imogen. Like it's as if Ludinus knows Liliana on a, like a personal level. Yes. And I was like, oh, Liliana is far more in this than I originally thought. Yeah. And I kind of I was kind of banking on the idea, not so much banking on the idea, but I was thinking how, you know, it sounds like she's involved, she's working with Otahan maybe reluctantly but i'm leaning more towards like no i think she's on board i think she's kind mm. of like sharing the same goals um which kind of you know i like i like that idea both ways i kind of like the idea of her maybe being reluctantly involved because it's the only way she's able to understand her powers mm. and you know and um come to terms with that but then I worry if it's, you know, not reluctantly, if she's, you know, mm -hmm. on board, she's fully consenting, she she wants to be a part of this, wants to release Pradathos, or she, in some sense, wants to gain the power from it. I worry it goes down that path of she then throws that all away because her daughter's come and she's, like, you know, going to protect her daughter. I really don't like that trope. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, again, they can do whatever story they want. If that's how the dice rolls, that's how the dice rolls. But mm -hmm. I like the idea of... Liliana being on board, she's bought in, yeah. she's a threat to the safety of the Bell's Hells if they're going against Otahan. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of want that, that, that to play out. I want her to be, you know, essentially a threat that they have to face as well. Um, but it kind of then, it's hard to, hard to determine because we've seen her in Imogen's dream and she's telling Imogen to run. She doesn't want Imogen involved in this in any way, which makes her seem reluctant. Mm -hmm. um to whatever this thing is you'd think if she was you know a true believer she'd be like yeah immigrant come join us like this is great yeah so i'm excited to see where this character goes kind of what her motivations are um yeah confu confused <laughs> confused uh, is my yeah. thought on i think that i think that is a like a pretty general uh sentiment is we don't really know mm. where liliana's maybe loyalties lie uh, we mm. know that she definitely cares about Imogen, doesn't want her involved in any way because of the dreams and stuff. Um, but then we don't know how invested she is with Ludinus. Like you said, it could just be she's yeah. looking for answers to her own powers and stuff, and Ludinus is offering that. But then my... Ludinus felt very hypocritical and contradictory a bit in yes. this conversation. He spoke about power and his mm -hmm. his personal view on power um yeah. how people who rely on power are you know weak i'm paraphrasing what he's saying but um he essentially doesn't respect people who rely on their power for personal gain um hmm. it seems like he more respects power when used for a higher purpose rather than personal gain which is then interesting as to then why he is so invested in like Liliana and these Ruidus born and the Exultant is because they have this innate power connected with Ruidus. Is it possible that they're all in it for this greater purpose or is Liliana in it for personal gain? Because if, if she's wanting to know what her power means, mm. that's more, that's more so a, like a, a selfish, you know, if you will, maybe in Ludus is a selfish endeavor trying to find out what their, what their purpose is mm. and stuff. So it's, in that sense, it's interesting that Ludinus is so invested with, with Liliana and maybe these other exultants and stuff, given his idea of, of power. Um, or he's just whispering and, you know, saying these honeyed words towards Imogen to try to get her on his side. Yeah. And Liliana is not well off and she is like a prisoner of sorts. I don't know. It's, it is hard to, it's, it's hard to say, um, but the oh no go ahead the thing with ludinus and i think one it was perfect that fern was in that room because she yeah. is so disarming and like dude was about to walk out the door and he's just like oh no i'm gonna monologue now like yeah like and he he, he might have given away more than he should have realistically mm. but um 
he seems very determined, or at least what he was saying, which feels out of character to the Ludinus we know. And we talked about this before the stream about how we do have this meta knowledge of Ludinus that the Bell's Hells don't. We we know about their relationship um, through the Mighty Nines endeavors. And if we take that away and we just look at like what the Bell's Hells know and just take him not necessarily at face value, but if we just listen to what he's saying without what mm -hmm. else we know, he was talking about his past and his relationship to the gods and how yeah. he saw what the gods did. He saw the gods sunder creativity and sunder, uh, I can't remember the exact words he used, but it was essentially like, you know, they tore us down because they were threatened by our might and by our, mm -hmm. by our potential, by our creative potential, which kind of screams you know aor and and the divergence yeah. and the calamity you mm -hmm. know like this was very much um the peak the age of arcanum and uh there's that point of aor being destroyed by both the betrayers and the prime deities because they created the creator the creator mm -hmm. hammer um the weapon that could destroy gods. So if you think about it from their standpoint, it's like, you know, the calamity's happening. The prime deities and the betrayer gods are battling it out. They're trying to, you know, fight, take control. But they they call a truce to destroy this one floating city. Like yeah. they felt threatened. They felt mm -hmm. incredibly threatened. So you look at this from someone who might potentially have been there or at least yeah. knows the stories of that time mm -hmm. to think of if they could put aside the calamity for a moment to do this one thing, they must truly be afraid of what their creations are capable of. And it kind of like, it's a lovely parallel between this idea of Pradathos and these new entities that we learned yep. about, the Raylora now, mm -hmm. um, which I'm going to safely assume, I say safely assume, I'm going to assume are, you know, creations of Pradathos. These are these twisted entities yeah. that... Pradathos is has been creating or was initially creating on Exandria and are now on Ruidus with them. There's this lovely parallel between, you know, divine entities or grand entities and their creations and why they have them. Why do the gods create life? Yeah. Um, Ludinus, I feel, is very jaded on this point. And, I mean, just the way that we were speaking, the way they were speaking was very, like, you know, standoffish and hurt and mm -hmm. and kind of um matter of factly or factly yeah, like, or, we don't need that yeah they need us we don't need mm -hmm. them um which makes me excited for the ray laura because i feel like matthew mercer is so good with these parallels mm -hmm. we might f like what do they get to rudus or rudus is unleashed and pradathus is dead pradathus is gone and it's the ray laura mm -hmm. running the show like mm. I kind of like yeah. this idea of the Ray Laura being the antagonist of, of whatever's happening on Rudus, but I don't know. We don't know is the problem. Yeah. Ludinus is not giving us enough information to come to any final conclusions on this. Um, oh, really? And we just we just don't know because the gods are so esoteric, and we don't like. <laughs> we don't yeah. know, Nico. No, I I know, and and, and it's tough. But speaking on on the the, the Ray Laura. And how they are potentially creations of Pradathos. This then could speak more on the hypocrisy of uh, Ludinus in this scenario. So Ludinus' whole idea is he does feel uh, this is a very personal endeavor for him, uh, speaking on the gods uh, destroying, you know, possibly during the mm. calamity or perhaps the collapse of you know Malayasmir and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, as if he was personally there which i suppose is possible um yeah he is he is very old uh but his whole idea of he wants free will he wants to be unbound uh from the chains mm. that the gods kind of have them in setting them on this path of destiny of fate yeah. and all that stuff he wants to be free he wants to be rid of that yeah but where the hypocrisy kind of came in in this scene was how he feeble-minded and or dominated uh Khadija to give him mm. the the papers the the yeah. lost the lost papers that were taken from from Vasselheim it's like whoa okay so you're all about free will and being free from yeah. the constraints of the gods but now you're taking that from someone for your yeah. own personal gain but again and they, his yeah he did you know, 
No, go ahead. He did. Sorry, he he did say like, "Oh, I do hate to take away yes. their yeah. their free will," but mm-hmm. it was very it was very off the cuff. It was very nonchalant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, and that's what we learned last week about that is the goal, the primary goal of the Ruby Vanguard, who he is the supposed head of. But mm-hmm. we don't know how that gels with Otterhan's plans mm-hmm. or you know the unseely court's plans for yeah. for all these things. It makes me question also what the hell is the unseely court doing like why do they yeah, want this and, and that's <laughs> and this kind of goes back to a conversation that we had last week where all of this feels very grand like a little too grand mm. of like a story mm. arc um but there is so still so much more potential for it to be fleshed out because of all of these different factions that are involved they all likely yeah. have their own goals that they're keeping yeah. secret from the other factions and so all of this is going to come to a head and come to fruition when the solstice lands where there's just so many other different things going on that we don't even know about that the bell cells are gonna have to mm. deal with um so while again it does it speaking on it being grand it does it is very grand but mm. uh once it gets broken down there's there's so many more minor things that they're going to then have to deal with once all is said yeah. and done um it's a lot see, to juggle. Um, yeah, I just see Jack has mentioned in chat about the Rin Ludinus double standard, and I think that's referring to the fact that Rin also charmed the person in the in the shed. I can't remember that guy's name. Taurus? Taldus? 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with what Ludinus did. I think people mind's a great spell. I think it's really We're just calling him a hypocrite because he's saying that. Yeah, I don't think there's a problem. Well, you know, obviously there's problems with taking away people's free will and charm person. And all that fun stuff. But yeah, yeah, we're not saying it's necessarily a double standard. It's just more hypocritical of Ludinus to, mm. you know, besp- praise yeah. free will and then take it away. Rin didn't do that. Mm. <laughs> Rin's just like, nah, yeah, fuck it. yeah. Rin, yeah, Rin's just, Rin's great. Rin's just having a, Rin's a great old time. <laughs> Rin can um, do no wrong. <laughs> but I, but I, I do want to bring up your point again, because I think it is a good mm-hmm. point of the fact that we do Ooh, have this meta knowledge good... of Ludinus. Yeah. Um. About how they're a very, very bad person, but mm. you know, let's let's forget that and just no, no. see this scene as the first time we have seen Ludinus. Like, the, yeah. some of the things he's saying make sense. You know, he is a very oh, charismatic yeah. individual. Like, yeah, the gods <laughs> went out of their way to destroy creativity, to destroy advancements because they they feared us. They they knew we were getting yeah. too powerful. That that yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Screw the gods. What the hell? We What's can, going on? There? We can also. Th- throw away all the meta knowledge we have of character interactions with divinity um because Mm. we you know forget caduceus and ford's relationship with the wild mother forget you know pike and the everlight what do we know this campaign about the gods not much so when this point of authority i guess is saying these things where it's like you know what have they actually done for us they need us we don't need them they take and they take and they take mm-hmm. um you know previous civilizations were better off and were flourishing without it again we have better knowledge that that's not necessarily true Avalia mm-hmm. was kind of it was good don't get yeah. me wrong but you know there was some real shady shitty aspects yeah. of it um but if we take all that meta knowledge it's like yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, no one wants to live under the thumb or under the kind of control of some entity that doesn't necessarily provide or do anything for them. Um, it seems very one-sided. But if we then allow ourselves the meta knowledge of, well, we've seen the gods do good things, and mm-hmm. you know, like it's 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 that wonderful conversation with divinity and yeah. and its purpose and i think it's mm. going to land somewhere in the gray like yep. it's not black and white we can't we can't say divinity is bad ludens is right let's get rid of them mm-hmm. and we can't say no they're you know they're perfect they they need to exist and it's definitely somewhere in the gray like no, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. agree. And, <laughs> That's how I finished my point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, it, it totally makes sense. Uh, do we think that Ludinus was around for the Calamity, or do you think it was more uh, uh, Malaya Smear? Because that was a bit more recent in, uh, what in history. What if... Get your tinfoil hat ready. What uh-huh. if Ludinus... Is there is doom. Yes. 
exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. That's where you're going with it, right? <laughs> what if Ludinus is so old that they're actually, and I can't remember the word for it, but they did that bullshit with the Luxon, and so they've been reborn oh. a few times. Oh, why can't I remember the name either? But the pro- but the problem with that theory, <laughs> I'm gonna poke holes immediately. <laughs> we know that we know, like it's it's said in Ludinus's bio in the um, Wild Mount Guide, they were there for the destruction of Melazimir, mm-hmm. um which was like 580 PD, which is you know about 300 years ago. So mm-hmm. that's old yeah. for an elf. It's you know a decent chunk, but. Yeah. If we're expecting them to be old enough to be around for the calamity, that's an extra five hundred years. So this would be like a mm. at least an eight hundred year old elf, which again is not impossible. Like eight hundred years is not mm. the most outrageous what? for an elf. It's pretty outrageous, but it's not the most outrageous. I don't get the sense mm. this is an eight hundred year old elf. Well, okay, is your tinfoil hat okay. still on? Oh yeah, it's never coming off. <laughs> okay, this is. The longest shot I think I have ever I have ever s- yeah. spoken into the universe. I love it. I love it. I'm one sec. Let me. I'm ready. And I I don't think it is true by any means. But no, no, no. it could well, be a fun heart, a, a fun heart. food thought. Uh, you got to uh, whole heart little, these little things. Crumb. Okay, so we know that Ludinus did a lot of research on these Luxon beacons, right? When they had them mm-hmm. in campaign yes. two. And then speaking on like the consecuted souls and all of that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ludinus is saying that this is his life's work. This is mm. what he's been working on his entire life and that he's very old. Yes. He's seen this destruction. He's seen it all. I'm getting excited. What? I'm getting excited. If <laughs> through his research into the Luxon, there was a soul mm. that then latched onto his Ooh. and maybe took over. And this was like this ancient soul that's been through all of this stuff and has Ooh. that like disdain for the gods and maybe either took over Ludinus or is just like a voice in the back of his head, like guiding him now in his actions. I feel like that's probably not even close to being anywhere near true, but like, I don't know. Stranger shit. Yeah. Shit's happened. I, I like the, I like the idea that Ludinus was around for the calamity. I yeah. want to. I want to believe <laughs> that Ludinus mm. was around for the calamity. Um, I saw a fun theory. I think it might have been on Reddit, and I apologize. I don't know who said it, so I'm just stealing their idea now. Um, but it was not not my own idea. Um, I saw a fun theory that you know Ludinus believes that they've been in contact with Predathos. They mentioned mm-hmm. to Imogen and Fern. They said like, "Oh, are you Ruidus born, or are you Ruidus Hatch?" Yeah. said to some extent, like mm. I have had my connections with the red moon, which is yeah. like such a bullshit answer. Like, just tell us, dude. But he said, I've had, you know, I've got a connection with the red moon. What if Ludinus thinks they're speaking to Bradarthos or they, you know, they're speaking with this entity that's going uh, to be able to mm-hmm. destroy the creation, destroy the deities that mm-hmm. cause so much woe in Ludinus's mind. But it's really just the Rylora. It's really this, this powerful civilization of, aberrant fucked up beings that just want to get back to Exandria. It's like, mm-hmm. if you think about it, if the, if the Raylora are these entities that were created by Protathos, Exandria is technically their home. They were yeah. created there. This is, they are original, original, not original. They are <laughs> beings that were created on yeah. Exandria. Um, and they much like the betrayer gods have been locked away behind mm-hmm. a gate for a very long time, and we saw what that did to the Petrae gods after yeah. only, you know, a shorter mm-hmm. amount of time. Wasn't great. So I love this idea of this... I don't want to use the word evil because it seems too easy, but mm. this corrupted, aberrant, unlike any kind of life that exists on Exandria now, power that has been locked away that is trying to break free and is doing anything it wants to. I'm thinking a bit like... um. I just watched uh, Shang-Chi again the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not. Oh, dang. Well, I won't spoil anything, but there's essentially an entity blocked behind a, uh, behind a barrier that is tricking people to release it. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like the vibe I'm getting from this. It is this, this mm. 
maybe not civilization, but this group that is wanting to be free, yearning to be free, and they're waiting for the perfect time and apogee solstice and enough followers and enough people that have been born under their sign to have this connection. Maybe it's taken this long because they can only connect with people that are born when it's in full flare. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love the idea that Pradathos doesn't exist anymore. Pradathos is dead or Pradathos is gone. And it's this, the Rylora, these the other entities that are the running the show. Mm-hmm. And then, no, I, I think that's a, that's a, a potentially likely theory. Um, because we don't know if Pradathos is still even there. Um, but I like how mm. Adam is saying Ludinus is being catfished by those people and he doesn't have a damn clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's and, so and, on board. It's so on board with Archmage yeah. bullshit. Yeah. When has an Archmage ever been like, I want unlimited power and it's gone well for them? Like, it always Never. backfires. But, always but, that, backfires. but that's the interesting thing with Ludinus is because his goal isn't power. His goal is to release Pradathos to eliminate divinity. It's not like he's mm. like Vecna and he's trying to ascend to a godlike status. Yeah. He is just trying to release something that can do what he wants. Do you think, how much do you think it is though, him saying, I want to destroy divinity for the greater good, for the good of everyone? You know, we'll be so much better mm. without divinity. Or do you think it's from a bureaucracy standpoint where he's like, <laughs> the Cerberus assembly keeps getting fucked by the Cobalt Soul, by Vasselheim, by all these uh. goddamn magic users that get their powers from gods. I studied, <laughs> I went to school, I learnt my magic, yeah. and all these motherfuckers are saying, oh, please have a light, like, what, like, and she gives them powers. I mean- do you think he's just like, those bitches, they need to pick it, up a book. It might, because he even kind of said, he was like, oh, and all of these transactional power gains from divinity yeah, and stuff. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think all these dude, people. Yes, Adam. Adam just said <laughs> exactly so what petty. I was going to say. Yeah. Ludinus is so fucking petty. <laughs> like, this yeah. dude is just like, I, no. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I it's want. It's like, a, I, Ludinus, Ludinus is Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast who are pissed oh, off shit. at all these other people. Are, are are getting are getting magic you know from other things that isn't from from what they did from themselves and now they're like yeah. we need divinity 1.1 and <laughs> now we are going to eliminate you everything might say, people <laughs> might say they won but really we all yep. won <laughs> oh god let's not oh, get god. into it right now yeah no <laughs> I just thought it was funny. um no but uh it's it, it is interesting that Ludinus could simply just be petty. It's like, okay, let's just get rid of, let's just get rid of these divinity people. Yeah. So that way, all these fuckers can get off my back. Um, yeah. With their divine. Because yeah, I mean, the Cobalt Soul itself, which is probably the main organization breathing down his neck at the moment, mm-hmm. they are very much, you know, for lack, they are a religious organization in a sense. They are the knowing mistress is is kind of their sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Ludinus is so baby girl, amazing. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, yeah, that's, we've seen that he's interested in primordial powers. He was very mm. interested in the Lux and he was involved yeah. with that um, dunamantic mm-hmm. ability, uh, which now makes me question, is he just into dunamancy or is he more into ancient power? It's, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I, but he's also had, you know, several years to develop these dunamancy potions and powers whatever he has going on behind the scenes for his rudest born army and stuff so yeah i would and imagine had... the rudest born yeah. might have access to some level of dunamancy either through these potions well we know or... the paragon's call had a yeah. shit time oh yeah and we know mm-hmm. ujahan was involved with them so mm-hmm. well she's the leader isn't she she's the leader of the paragon's call is that right yeah yeah more or less yeah, yeah. yeah. so she had a she had crates of that stuff mm-hmm. ready to go I think they made the good choice. I think going to the Feywild was a good choice. In yeah. my head, it was yeah. like, no, you're already in Marquette. Go to the site in Marquette uh-huh. to destroy the whatever it is. I can't they remember what to, They need to farm some XP before they go there. They need, they to, need uh, to farm some XP. Yeah, let's not go up against Odahan, the Paragon's Call, yeah. Ludinus, and Dunamantic <laughs> Werewolves. Like, yeah. I think we've got enough on our plate right now. Yep. yep. Go kill some Go kill some boars in Elwyn Forest and, and level up a bit uh, before <laughs> moving on. Um... But I guess we can we can transition a bit um, into mm. the Feywild stuff, unless there's anything we really want to touch on with Ludinus. I mean, Ludinus I, is I a could whole keep going. thing. I could keep um, going about Ludinus. You know what yeah. rhymes with Ludinus? Rudinus. 
True. Yes. I could coincidence. Keep going. So we should stop now. Coincidence? <laughs> I, I think not. <laughs> We've cracked your code, Matthew Mercer. Yeah. We see through your through your lies. Um, we need to move on because I'm literally thinking of more things. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. So, we got to so leave it there. The there, there will be more Luminous stuff that comes up in future episodes um, <laughs> and stuff. But yes, uh, the Feywild. Um, Woo, we back. are finally back. And I loved uh, Rin or well, Matt's a acting as Rin's <gasps> description of creating the uh, the portal, like carving into like reality and just like this, like just like pushing yeah. it, like uh, pushing yeah. it open. Plain, plain... Plane Rider has to be like one of the coolest titles I of, know. of an I NPC know. that we've met so far. And just the, as you say, the descriptions are so unique. And mm -hmm. like I said, I think I said in the Discord chat to the people there, I was like, this, I expect nothing less of someone called the Plane Rider. This is such I a know. cool description of planar travel. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so cool to be going back to the Feywild. I don't think campaign two, we didn't go no, at all. It's correct? been. It's been years it's been since campaign one yeah that we um it's been a long oh, time boy. long time then, oh yeah Stress, then, yeah and stormy boy also says all of the tuning forks that that she yeah. had all their different like uh descriptions and stuff oh so cool so cool we love the feywild is stress for me i don't know about you i feel very stressed in the feywild yeah because like when, when i when I think of the Feywild, I think of very whimsical fairy tale magic everywhere. Mm. Um, that, good vibes all around. A bit mischievous and stuff, but I I think of that, but I think of like grim fairy tales. <laughs> like, oh, oh yes, yeah. Yes. For me, it's yeah, it's very much like like I love it. Don't get me wrong, mm. I love the Feywild. I it's it's I think it's a really cool plane. I like the way it works. Mm. I like the the nature of the entities that live there, um, the concept of like name ownership in the Feywild yeah. is really cool too, which I'm excited to see if something like that comes up because there was that recent uh, wizard subclass that I don't know if it still exists. I don't know if they went with it, but there was that whole idea of name magic, which mm. felt very Feywild to me. Um, I'd love to see more of that kind of come up. But when I think of the Feywild, I think of like, you've, you've got to be on your toes. You've got to be ready. Um, Oh yeah, and yeah, I like that they they've started with this kind of you know into the swamp, <laughs> into the into the into the woods style intro. Into the woods to the and uh, I I also liked the the change in appearance from Fern. Uh, yes, going a that bit was cool. uh, creepier. Um, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, she's turning into a hag and stuff. Much but, more fey like. Yeah, way way more um, way more fey. Yeah, which is really cool. It'll be interesting to see how that develops if it goes any further or anything. We have that but... dark Fey vision from EXU yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, calling her back to the Fey Wild. It's a little concerning to think there could be something nefarious or something uh, not good waiting for Fey and for, yeah. for Fern here yeah. in this in this space. That is something um, we'd have to be worried about. You know what? Because you're they right. It is goal. very stressful here. They do have a goal. They they need to get mm -hmm. to the unsigly court. They need yeah. to destroy this machine. I still don't know what they are. Like they keep talking about it, and I still can't think. Is it like yeah, a? These you know what I picture yeah. in my head, and it's so dumb. I picture a big catapult or a big <laughs> trebuchet that they're gonna fling something at Ruinus. <laughs> that's what unlocks it. I know it's not. I know it's not that. Uh, but that's just what I picture in my head whenever they say uh -huh. they've created a machine to like unlock Ruinus. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah clearly a trebuchet. Like, uh, it's better than what I what I imagined. I thought of like a big magnifying glass that they're gonna yeah. all like point at Rudis and they're gonna like melt like oh, melt the barrier. So much better. What are you talking about? That's way better. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much better than a fucking trebuchet. A trebuchet. <laughs> oh my god. A railgun cannon is cool too. Yeah. But they've got that. That's the goal. They need to get mm. there at some point. Figure out where it is. Potential for disaster along the way. The Nightmare King might be around. We don't know. You is probably around oh, somewhere. Yeah. Um, they've totally abandoned Fern's parents. <laughs> to yeah, their own yeah. Devices. And yeah. I, th I think that's like they've literally forgotten. <laughs> so yeah. um, they've got a timeline still, but we don't know. Things go weird in the Feywild. They might have more time here than they would have mm. on the material plane. Yeah. So I think we might spend some time 
with Mori doing a side quest or, you know, like doing something yeah. separate in the Feywild for a little bit, um, yeah, no, I agree. which I'm on board for. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I could see them spending like a level, maybe even two levels here. Mm. Like, let's say, you know, they do a quest for Mori, they level up and then they work towards like the Sealy Court stuff, level up again. Um, yeah, like, that we could, we uh, could yeah, be I'm... here for a while. Um, I agree. I kind of hope it's not a pop in, pop out situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just yeah, because that's kind of how Whitestone felt a little bit. Whitestone felt a little, little bit mm. pop in, pop out. Yeah. So I kind of want them to actually like sit in it for a while. Um, yeah. I think they they probably will since like there's so much that's going on here. Obviously, they have their main quest. They have whatever Mori's going to do with them. We have more Fern backstory stuff. We have Iro potentially coming up again. You like the. There's so many, there's there's too many things in in the mm. Feywild for it to just be a quick you know fifteen minute adventure, um, yeah. Uh, but we are we've are we've already had a few uh, interesting encounters. Uh, oh my god! With the the flowers. flowers and stuff, all the flowers having you know personalities of their own. The the weird ent the tree moving thing. I don't really yeah, know. What I don't know that what that was. <laughs> No idea. I uh, got, uh, there was like, you know, Baba Yaga vibes of the, the walking house, but oh, I yeah. got the sense it was just Feywild bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, just chalk it up weird, to Feywild bullshit. Weird Feywild shit going on. But then, yes, his lady is saying in chat, the, the flowers can't clap, how they just screamed <laughs> oh. <laughs> at the, at the, the bell's hells after the, the beautiful singing performance it's it's great i i love it here i want them to stay here forever yeah yeah if it's if um timey wimey <laughs> stuff can can be done where time doesn't pass in the material world yes they should just stay here i think that'll be their best bet they won't have to worry about the solstice ever things will be great yeah yeah well isn't that a little bit like what mori her relationship with fern kind of felt like it was very much like yeah. you know keeping her keeping her concealed keeping her closeted keeping her away from the realities of the world i'm a little concerned something like that could happen if it's like oh, oh. you're back you're never leaving again like oh, i i don't think mori's the type of character they want as an enemy um mm-hmm. but i oh, do no, worry no. about her kind of exerting her much more god what am i trying to say yeah She's powerful. We've, we've got the sense she's yes. going to be a very powerful yeah. entity. Mm-hmm. She's not something that necessarily you want as an enemy or want against you. Um, Definitely not. No. Well, you know, she likes cocktails, so maybe she's okay. Yes, she has a tiki bar. It's great. She's two people in, in one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we yes. kind of then touch on what? her, her <laughs> description and stuff. Uh, Fern obviously oh. not phased at all by by Mori, <laughs> but the, the ET like description and the, the craning of the neck, the long arms, the, the face on their torso. Oh my! It's like some I'm terrified souls like yeah. creature, like something out of Elden oh Ring. God. Um, the boss oh, HP uh, bar just appeared. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Where's that music coming from? Yeah. Well, um, why did I hear boss music? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, amazing description. The yeah. The the elongated features. But what the hell is up? <laughs> what the hell is up with the stomach? The, ah, the mouth. The god. entity. Is it a? Is it a? Is it? Is it a part of her? Is it a separate entity? Oh, I'm so excited by this. I'm the, uh... really excited by the concept of. Like a multi-part character with mm. like parts of their essence split between different spaces, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, <sighs> I think I think it, it, it's it's a little bit of both. I think it is the same Mori, but maybe mm. different like personalities, perhaps. Yeah. Um, if you yeah. have if you use the um the closed captions for the episode oh, yeah. when the different versions were talking they were labeled as mori one and mori two um oh that's really cool yeah that's really cool i like that a lot mm-hmm. that, yeah that i'm could, on board 
it could it could be just them like like hiding the fact that they are just two separate things and just labeling it as such. Yeah. Or it could just mean that they are the same person and you know they're just different personalities. Different I like that. I like person. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's um. That's that's um a wild character description. I'm trying to think of. I'm I'm guessing she's a unique creature of Matt's, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Hag, obviously hag-ish um mm-hmm. whether or not she has any kind of classical hag tendencies or yeah or likeness but this definitely feels like an original creation original creature mm-hmm. of matt's um i want to kind of know about her place in the fey wild so we've got like you know we know she's the fate stitcher Right? She's the Fate Stitcher. We got that mixed up last yes. week. People in the comments were, were oh, very kind yeah. to let us know. Yeah. She's the Fate Stitcher. What does that mean? What does it mean that she has these multiple entity parts that are also a part of her? Where does she stand with the Xelian Unseelie Core? We kind of know that she's on the outskirts. She is one of these groups, one of these outsiders that isn't involved with either of the sides, much like Ira was as well. What was her relationship with Ira like? How is she going to treat the Bell's Hell? Suddenly these mortals wander in. And yeah. Got Fern with her, great. But, you know, that. how much does that count for? Right. Um, I'm really excited for the next episode, uh, which we need to wait two weeks for. Two weeks? Oh, we do have season two of The Legends of Vox Machina yes. uh, premiere next, next week. So. I think. I just want to have a quick look at that. Legends of yep. Vox Machina someone else could probably tell me but i think i saw that the episodes we're getting or the episode titles yes um, all the episode titles are uh revealed already yes and here we go there's something very interesting because i think we're getting the three episode releases again yeah mm-hmm. it's rise of the chroma conclave the trials of vasselheim and the sunken tomb are uh, the first mm-hmm. three episodes uh very exciting very yeah. excited for those I words i can't wait um and i was kind of talking about this yesterday um how i the the chroma conclave arc i don't really know a whole lot oh, yeah? about um i i know like the like the main plot points like the main mm. events that happened but a lot of like the in-betweens and stuff i don't really know a whole lot about i don't know too much about the different dragons and stuff so I'm excited mm. because I don't really have a lot of expectations going into it since I don't really yeah. know exactly kind of, everything that happened. So I'm excited in that kind, regard. It's kind of interesting. The Chroma Conclave, when I think of it, I think of it more as like like four mini arcs. Um, yeah. More specifically as like the vest- like finding the vestiges mm-hmm. is, is how I picture it. Because the Chroma Conclave, it's like, yeah, that's the arc. That's the period of time that they're in. But I always view it more as, no, it's a quest to get the vestiges. So... Mm-hmm. It's like they get a vestige or two and then they have a boss fight at the end with yeah. the dragon. Then they go look for more and then they have another dragon fight. So mm-hmm. I think this season, I mean, again, if we look at the episode titles, I think we're getting, um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the names. I've forgotten the dragon's names. Oh, no. Uh, I think we're getting Thornak. the white dragon fight and we're getting the Umbrasil fight. Thornak, I can't remember the white dragon's name. Right, right, Frosty McFrosterson. Umbrasil's the black dragon. I know that one. Can't remember the white dragon's name. Rhyme Fist. It's not Rhyme Fist. Vorigal. Vorigal. Yes. Oh, because was Geladon like? Geladon was the mate. Yeah. Was the mate of Vorigal? Yes. Yeah. So I think we're getting Vorigal and we're getting Umbrasil. So, uh, which were probably my two favorite, (laughs) two Mm. favorite fights. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's 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 exciting that we're getting that. I'm excited we're getting some vestiges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing, yeah. Then season three will be the second part where they you yeah. know take on Thordak and and Raishon. And all that stuff, um, which is which is interesting because like the Chroma Conclave, <laughs> uh, you know, with back in campaign one was meant to be the end of the campaign, um, but then they wanted to keep playing, and so then you know the return of Vecna and all that stuff ended up being you know, the, the final climactic stuff. So, like, after season mm. two and three, there might only be one or two seasons left, depending on how yeah. much they want to stretch out then all the final Vecna stuff. Um, yeah. 
because uh, whereabouts next? like what episode ish did the chroma conclave arc end was it in the 90s 80s 80s 70s there i can't remember uh <laughs> but but again like i and this is obviously talking like years in the future you know we, we look at seasons like oh there's only going to be four or five seasons of the legends of vox machina but now that's yeah. like four years from now that we will probably yeah. have the final season oh my god it's also wild to think about four years oh god where, we where are we going to oh, be four years from i just now? said i just thought something and it really upset me i just thought in four what? years i'll be halfway to 40 oh uh-oh in four <laughs> years in four years i will be 30 Oh boy. Uh-oh. Uh, anyways, uh season two of Legends of Vox Machina. Uh coming out next uh <laughs> next week. Fact, Let's I'm not think about myself. time. I think maybe we need to go to the Feywild so that we don't oh, have to Lord. deal with uh deal with any you of Get us some of that stuff. ludinous aging cream. <laughs> yeah, we need to figure out which uh which uh dermatologist they go to. Um but very excited very excited for season two i did yeah. secure some tickets to see the episodes Ooh. in theaters so that's going to be hopefully fun a we, fun experience we don't get that here yeah. <laughs> we don't have that here <laughs> you don't have that down uh upside in the no. upside down land mm, no we don't but it's... I'm, I'm very jealous but i'm also very excited yeah um it's gonna be really cool i'm excited yeah. for yeah just seeing I, from the trailers it looks like the animation has also oh yeah um been, been not, not necessarily like the the regular animation but maybe mm. like the the cg animation that they have incorporated in it as well um like the dragons them specifically their cg animation oh yeah mm-hmm. the traditional kind of uh hand-drawn style mm. but it looks really good it looks like they've really upped it Excuse yeah me. no i'm very excited um and for everyone that is interested in, in watching it we will have uh server watch parties again mm. um for the episodes it was very fun to do that uh last year or was it two last year was when last season year, one yeah came out? yeah, yeah. so weird uh it was really fun to do it last year so we will be doing it again um usually i think we did it every friday um after their releases um mm. so if you're interested in that be sure to join the discord server um link in the description down below uh Ooh. and you can join in on those uh, little watch parties and stuff yeah um with all that being said, is there anything else we want to talk about uh, with the episode from last night? So here's five things I want to say about Ludinus. No, I'm <laughs> just <kidding>. Here's <laughs> seven more things that I came up with while we were talking. Um, no, I, th- I think I think next week's episode is going to be, or well, two weeks next episode. Um, mm. They're having they're going to the tiki bar. They're going to have some drinks, uh, yeah. some stuff, and maybe go on a like a fetch quest or something. Who knows? I kind of. I can't. No, this is gonna sound weird. I want some conflict in the Feywild. I want the Bell Tales yeah. to face conflict. Mm-hmm. That's not to suggest they haven't faced conflict, but all the yeah. conflict they've faced so far has felt very much like you know, grand scale relating oh, to yeah. Rudus, relating to Otan. I want them to come against some kind of force that they need to deal with that is totally unrelated to to their current yeah. problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, totally. Like it's just, just an isolated <sighs> little mini story arc. Um, yeah. with, a, with a, a, a final villain that with, they can beat with some their stakes means. that aren't, yeah. you know, world ending. Yeah. And I want some I, serious stakes yeah. that... This this you know. would be the place for something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a very isolated uh, place. It's it's away from Exandria. Time is weird, so they can take all the time they need to to accomplish it. So I'm, I'm totally down for... Yeah. Um, uh, a, a bit of a, a side story arc uh for this um yeah i think it'd be cool i think so too i think it'll, i think it'll be a nice you know side vacation um mm-hmm. as much as you can vacation in the fey wild yeah i know they're, they're uh they're, they're as adam's saying they need time to catch their breath their, their time to catch their breath is, is the the tiki bar that they're going to that'll be all the yeah that'll be all the time they need uh and hopefully oh i don't know if you because i think Earlier in this campaign, Orem was saying how like he doesn't like pie or something. Yeah, like he's not a fan of pie. Um, yeah, Liam remembered that he said that because when Fern was like, uh, "It's rude to not accept things that she offers, whether it be drinks, yeah. pies, or whatever." Liam made like yeah. a face of like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have to, yeah. I'm gonna have to eat a pie if she, yeah, if she offers it." 
Dude um, got dude has pie trauma from yeah, yeah, from AXU. He does. Yeah. Um I saw that was that was that was really funny. Uh I am excited. I am excited for yeah. this tiki bar. No, it's and it's good. It's a nice change well, it's a literal change of location. Yeah. Um I'm excited to learn more about Mori. I'm excited to learn Mm-hmm. even to keep on the main quest line to learn more about yeah. what the unseelie court's doing but mm-hmm. also to have a little bit of a break from the main quest line yeah. for just a second um yes. we will be really nice and then we can get back to ludinus and we can get back to whatever the fuck he's up to oh gosh in due damn. time we will find out Dickhead. but we must be patient and wait a couple more weeks until we get some more mm-hmm. answers there um but with that being said I believe that is going to be everything we have for tonight's episode. Unless there's anything else. We touched on the Ray Laura. We touched on all the loot in this stuff. Well, there's mm-hmm. always more mm-hmm. loot in this stuff, mm-hmm. but ligament matter. Um, Horrifying. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> ligament manner. I'm good. Oh yeah, it's so good. I'm it's so good. good. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna be it for us for uh, episode 89, the Wonder Shoe Podcast. Thank you all so much for for joining us. As always, it's so wonderful to see all of you here chatting with with us uh in the live chat but then also everyone who comments on the youtube upload when this when this goes up we really appreciate you guys showing your support yeah. uh if you want to support us more you can follow us on twitter you can follow our personal twitters you can also follow the podcast twitter directly links to all of those are in the description down below uh, as i said before you may also join the community discord server where we post when we go live also uh we also will be doing the watch parties it's also just an awesome place to meet some critters and stuff um i've known like a lot of these the people who talk in chat and a lot of the people who are in the community discord server have been there for years now um Mm. and it's a great place to to meet some folks and share your passion of D &D, critical role or anything like that um so yeah be sure to check all those out in the description down below um As always, don't forget to love each other. Spread the love to everyone you meet, everyone you see. The world needs more love in it, so make sure you're spreading it around. But most importantly, do not forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you are taking care of yourself. Drink some water, eat some food, get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you. And again, thank you for being here. And so everyone, with all that being said, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth. And we will see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.